Okay, I'm thinking of something orange. Something orange. Orange. You give up? It's an orange. Get it? <laughs> it's fun, huh? So it's perhaps during this time we could say, welcome to another, this, this, yeah, oh. another thrilling episode of This I Do Not Hate. Okay, now I'm thinking of something blue. Something blue. Hello, and welcome back to I Don't Hate This, the Avantis Guard podcast. I'm Nina Lidoff. I'm Eric Wenzel, and joining us, the man working the knobs, Andre Kello. Hey there. Also, Luigi Russell Kello. That's a dog who you probably won't hear. He's only here for emotional support. Why are you talking like that? I don't know. I feel like this music is transcendent. Um. I forgot that I had to say the clever things trapped in my brain. Yeah, you're um. just looking around, <laughs> wondering why they're not. Why aren't you laughing at my thoughts? Uh, so I did some audio f- recording of um, an exhibition called Helio Oitisica. Or Helio Oitisica, if you... Are an obstructionist. Or not being like that lady on the Food Channel who always goes like, Parmigiano Reggiano. Wait, what? The one with the big boobs. No, I... She's always mixing stuff really vigorously. Wait, Gianna De Laurentiis? <laughs> That's the one. But why is that coming up? Because she, cause she talks... She pronounces things or too much. Yeah, yeah. She pronounces oh. things. She overpronounces things. I honestly don't know if you're right. You might be, and I might be sounding like an asshole right now. So I, I that was the way I guessed it, and then, uh, someone, a source close to the subject, said that that's how they said it. So that's the way I say it now. Um, to organize delirium. That's the name of the exhibition. So should I play some audio? That I, that I got for us. Yes, please. All right. Also, I would like to point out that Andre is the one breathing heavily right now. We're all guilty of this. You know who's, who we never hear breathe or is, you know, the quietest is the dog. Because a lot of times we're like, there's a dog barking in here. And then we go back and listen to the recording. You can't even hear it. That's why I always tell you not to come. Yeah, but then you introduced him on the episode. You're like, we're joined by Luigi Callow Russell Terrier. <laughs> Cut it, Luigi. Stop riffing or we won't be able to cut this part out. Got some gravel. (laughs) This is exactly like the audio you played from the Venice Biennale. I go around the world recording gravel at art exhibitions. Swiss I feel like gravel. That's, that's maybe sort of telling about how much gravel is at art exhibitions. Swiss these days. gravel, Venetian gravel, Brazilian gravel. But the difference is that this gravel is inside. Is it is? This gravel is coming from inside the museum. <laughs> Huh? Oh, it's the most painful art I've ever been in. Because oh. <laughs> of the stones. Yeah. Um, it was. Oh, thank you. It was interesting, though. 
don't know gravel hurt that bad. Yeah. I know. Now like, it's not comfortable. I could not walk on it. I know. I, I <laughs> and that's everyone, everyone else like tries to go around it. Yeah. TJ, you were just walking all over it. That's pretty good calcium. That's testing. That that is so real. The plot thickens. I would hate having a pet bird. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to handle it, especially if it was like a parrot. And they can sometimes like mimic the things you say. Parrots can. <laughs> that would be the worst part. <laughs> when they mock you. Oh, yeah. Imagine if a parrot and a mockingbird got together. I went in other on the other side, huh? Over here, you keep your shoes on. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, over here, anywhere on this side, you keep your shoes on. When you cross over the other side, oh, you keep your shoes on. that's good to know because I was walking on the gravel yeah. and oh, it hurt so man. bad. <laughs> no, sorry about that. Well, no, it's just got to suffer for art, right? <laughs> well, that means if you you already walking, like might yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. I was I started over there and I was like, oh, I'll just go over here. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting experience with the. Uh, it really is, and sadly, it's leaving. Um, yeah. Sunday is the last day, but I'm kind of happy for the birds because they'll be free. Yeah. She says they'll be free, like they're gonna like put them outside. They live. They're being released. They live in a wait. cage in their normal life when they're not on TV. Wait, wait, here, check this out. Okay. That gravel is pointy. <laughs> yeah, so he he was walking on the gravel, barefoot, barefooted. <laughs> so we'll just do a nice little fade. Oh, she's saying the names of the birds. So. Should we just refer to him as Helio? Because we can agree on the pronun- pronunciation of that word. Sounds good. Warod. <laughs> yeah. I also stepped on those stones barefoot and it fucking hurt a lot. I was. So- it was like being on the beach. Like on a yeah. really rocky beach. I was disappointed to find out you weren't required. Because I was kind of like I've never felt pain because of art. And so I was a little bit excited about that as being like a thing that happens. You've never felt pain because of art. Except for like every experience you've ever had in your own work. That's not art though. I mean, I haven't been... <laughs> oh, you finally admit it. Huh? You finally admit that it's not art. <laughs> so we are in a new recording studio which i guess we should call the instead of the murder room we should call the baby's room 
<laughs> the murder no <laughs> the murderous child room we've been calling it the baby murder room yes <laughs> that's what i was gonna say but i was like maybe they shouldn't say that, that might be i was bad. thinking about that how yeah it's like if we ever come out with a cd like nine inch nails we could say it's recorded at the murder room you know the way they say like nothing studios and it's just like it's depressing apartment or whatever and baby his- murder room <laughs> I, just, I love it but this is where the baby's going to live when it's born size wise though this is the adolescent murder room mm-hmm. the last murder room that was really tiny was the baby murder room because <laughs> it was the littlest yeah that was very uncomfortable we almost always knocked something over yeah i was thinking that now because you just like Put your legs up. Andre, our producer, just put his legs up Odalisk style on the uh, couch. And then the mic stand almost fell over. And I was thinking that, what is he going to do now? Because we don't have a table with a painting C-clamp to it for him to knock over. (laughs) (laughs) Which has led to some uh, genuinely excited squeals and screams. But that's also, remember, um, we learned what cantilevering was. Using that table as an example, when yeah. Kiefer Dunn explained what how to can, what, what a cantilever is. That's right. When you have something protruding out into space uh, and it uh, doesn't fall over because the other side of it has a weight. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes you, that weight is just a beer, and then you yeah, and then you lift up the beer, <laughs> <laughs> and everything comes crashing down. So do you want me? So that we've heard the audio. Do you want to explain what? the experience was yeah definitely so the exhibition is called helio oitisica oitisica um we could just bleep that out (laughs) just to replace it with our animal noises remember when we used to do that oh yeah um to organize delirium that's the name of the exhibition and then within that exhibition is it to organize delirium yes is it the number two (laughs) yes (laughs) to organize delirium question mark um no uh the the installation within that exhibition is called eden right and then i think the part with the gravel is tropicalia right I oh, I don't know. If I believe I believe different... Tropicalia with the birds that we heard clucking. The parrots we heard clucking, is that what they're... But it's all kind of in the center They're connected, room. yeah. There's a big island, basically, and it's covered in sand, and it has a bunch of different little compartments and little huts, and then you can yeah. go into each of them, and they each have a different sort of aesthetic or... or aesthetic, auditory, or physical experience like uh bodily experience um like the feeling of one's ears flapping against one's face as you shake yes. out the water off. so like one is like a little tent and it has like a little pool of water in it and you can go stand in the little pool of water and then one has like dead leaves and the then bottom. one and then there's a tent and there's a little bit of sand on the mattress and you can go on lay on the mattress and get sand in your pants mm-hmm. and then there's um and you have to be barefoot another, to go on it and then there's a tent and then, with and some sand say, in it so you can go sit in this tent and get some sand in your pants <laughs> yeah and somebody said do we have to put do we have to take our socks off too and the um and the security guard said do you leave your socks on uh, at the beach <laughs> 
It was Fuck very... you, asshole. <laughs> it was very confrontational. Take your pants off, um, too. <laughs> do you, yeah, do you keep your pants on at the beach? Um, They're like, life's a beach. <laughs> um, it's. I believe that's Eden, because that's where your, your feet where are Where you don't nude. have to wear pants? No. Where you're, where you're. Don't you hate pants? I'm gonna make more anti-pants. This is the no pants zone. More, yes. Um, no Eden because it's it has that like kind of uh, you know, jungly, ramshackle type right fence around it. That's Eden. Well, and then Tropicalia is the other part. Oh, with the plants and the trees, or the 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 sort of potted tropical trees and the parrots and the okay so when i when when i heard there's going to be this exhibition at the art institute and it's like all interactive and there's going to be like plants and birds like parrots and trees and orange juice that you can drink inside the museum i pictured it was going to be really dark like a dark sort of jungly thing that you'd have to crawl into and it would be like you know you know when you go into a video installation and you have to go around a corner in a series of hallways because they don't like to keep all the light out to make it as dark as possible. They they make you walk through like a whole series of twisting hallways. I thought it was going to be that. I thought it was going to be like really dark. And it wasn't at all. It's a big open space mm-hmm. that is just in the middle of a room. And I was really disappointed. I don't know why, but I just thought... You know, like jungle what? trees and parrots was going to be like... Like flying overhead or something? No, well, yeah, maybe. I I just like... I can hear myself breathing. Don't think about it. So, <laughs> I just like that you're like, there's going to be birds and it's tropical themed and there'll be orange juice. And you're like, what a dark exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... How else can you be taken seriously with that if it wasn't dark? This is a goth jungle. Yes. Yes. That's what I was expecting. Um, but I will say that it did. Uh, it delivered. It had orange juice and plants and birds. Yes. It also stood up to my expectations in so much that there was like a lot of amazing places that you could go make out in it. Yeah, I was talking to somebody. I didn't somebody make out with anybody been, there, been, but they've had to kind of push people along, or you know, say really. Yeah, wait, been, what did they say? There's been canoodling. Really? The phrase I was. Uh, oh God! Like Speaking ex- of canoodling, <sighs> there's a dog doing inappropriate things to it. He is abusing <laughs> himself. He's abusing us. <laughs> gonna subject your baby to that whatever the opposite of scopophilia is this is the experience of looking at that dog (laughs) scopophobia yeah scopa unerotica i want to change my name (laughs) um no the phrase the the wording was canoodling who's told you about the canoodling uh, a, a, a source, source familiar source. with the subject <laughs> okay <laughs> speaking on the condition of anonymity uh, <laughs> no i know well i was Didn't like you hear there was this I whole was thing like, on this craigslist would be great to canoodle in <laughs> i mean it just like there was like a lot of dark enclosed spaces that were cut off from everything god you're really into dark spaces I am. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a cat or like hamster or something i need to be 
You're like, or tarantula. You just, just want to nestle yourself in a hot, tropical, dark <laughs> space. Yes. Um, I did my feminism. I didn't go into any of those. It made me think of actually malaria because there's the wooden box of grids you can step up into, and they've got the the famously Instagrammed colorful foam cubes, which I saw people. Uh, brilliantly coming up with the idea of wait i'm gonna take a picture while we're throwing it in the air and i'm sure it turned into a boomerang video (laughs) yep uh we'll post one on instagram of me doing it because i did that um and then uh other things you wouldn't really want to step on like there was so next to that was like a bin of books and then a bin of straw and then a bin of uh torn up magazine pages which reminded me of your installation where you had to walk on the magazines yeah I was like, Simpsons did it. I mean, they did it in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they had scrims, and so it made me think of malaria, like a malaria camp. And these were all mm. beds, and people had malaria. It was kind of remarkable because um, the straw was really, the, the straw and the leaves were really strongly smelling. But you couldn't smell it unless you were in that quadrant. So they uh. were like, it's little bins. That you can walk from one to the other, and they're only separated by the little gauzy... The scrims. Scrims, yeah. I didn't know that was the word for them. That's the word. Bird. Have you heard? And uh, they kept the smell of the hay out, and so you'd be, like, standing on the books, and then... You're like, this smells really bookish. (laughs) And then then you'd be standing on the magazines, and you'd be like, this smells like perfume samples, and then you'd be standing in the hay. You'd be like, hey! Is for horses. Um, so that was kind of the center of the exhibition, but it started out he was doing more formal abstraction. Yeah, they were like a snooze fest, in my opinion. Oh, well, I thought the best ones were actually in the Prince and Drawings Gallery, and I think it was kind mm. of strange that they didn't put those in the show. Um, so if you're looking at the trajectory of his work, it it's kind of... Oh, what were they calling them? The... They were sort of the Brazilian constructivists mm. that were interested in Russian constructivism. Yeah, it was very, very constructivist. And it was weird because the exhibition right before that was... Um, Maholina Goli. And there was a lot of those similar looking constructions mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Very, like plasticky, brightly colored yeah. sculptural forms. His were very painterly and they, they were kind of thick and textured, but very colorful. A lot of yellow ochre. Um, I thought they were hung way too close together. It was in like, space or on the walls or in space. It was really hard to walk around them. There was too there was too many per room. Mm. Yeah. So they start out, you know, as it's flat. like one of those things when like when they're hanging contemporary art, you walk into a giant ass gallery and there's two sculptures and you're like, what? What a waste of space or whatever. And then, but then the instant that it's not like that, it's overwhelmingly crowded. Yeah. And so, yeah, they kind of come out into space, you know, like a constructivist thing. So then they're planes that are suspended from monofilament, uh, ever expanding, then becoming kind of a cluster floating. Uh, And then he started making these kind of pavilion things that had moving sliding doors and stuff before it got further, more architectural and experiential. Um, It was kind of a letdown because they had all these photos of people interacting with it. And they're like, you can't. Sadly, you can no longer do that. It's too fragile. 
And yeah, I there thought, was a couple of reconstructions in the show so that you could. Yeah, that. so the big thing was the birdcage. Um, but it is kind of weird where it's like here, uh, here's here's a remnant of a thing that can no longer be interacted with, and then they're like, this was so important for him to have people interact <laughs> yeah. with it, and they're because they have like the fo- the one that I really like was the the hanging piece that had multiple planes in different angles, um. And the photo, one of the the photos used a lot is like someone standing in it, so you just see the legs coming out, but you couldn't actually. And they so they showed that in the exhibition and the timeline and everything, and then you're like, you couldn't get um, close enough because I was looking at it and they're like, get away from it, no, no, get away, <laughs> get away from it. <laughs> and then someone, some lady walked into the one you couldn't walk into. Like I heard. All these people freaking out and running, ma'am, 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 no. Because <laughs> she stepped into it. Because the, the you know, sometimes they'd have lines around it on the floor and sometimes they didn't. Um, and I understand that, but it is kind of weird to have this interactive thing and then you can't. But it also is kind of, not pointless, but... Like, I didn't step in the water because I was like, I don't want to deal with sand being stuck to my feet now. Yeah. Well, also other people's foot germs all yeah. over your feet. I mean, people. somebody told me that it was starting to smell like feet a little bit in there since everyone had to take their shoes off. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that either. Um, I went right when it opened and also then again last week. And I didn't get into the foam. I didn't want to get into that. Let's not get into the foam, I said. I did. It was really entertaining to take pictures of. But then like all these other yeah, but basic it's... bitches were like, oh, we want a boomerang in there. Yeah, and you're this like, girl, but we oh. were boomeranging first. <laughs> this girl actually came up to me, and she was like, because we, we kept trying to do it, but we would do it too early, and then we wouldn't have things and all this stuff. And she was like, all right, do it on my count. One, two, three. And we like did it, and it actually worked, and it looked great. And we were like, oh my gosh, thanks. And she's like, yeah, I do this for a living. I'm, a, I'm in PR, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> I was like. Bitch, we're all PR bitches over here, okay? Like, you don't have to be like, I know how to Instagram correctly. You're all doing it wrong. I'm in PR. It's like, who isn't in PR anymore? You that was see? funny, because that same thing happened to me, and I turned around, and it was Nina. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, that's why I didn't even want to get in the, into it, because it had already been consumed for me. Um, then they did a weird thing where they put a I bunch mean, the of... the whole thing is... it's. Selfie bait, the whole show. Yeah, it should have been called selfie bait. <laughs> to organize selfie bait. To masturbate or selfie bait. <laughs> um, and then it proceeds to uh, other stuff where they had a lot of films and slideshows and things. Well, there was other interactive parts on the other side of Tropicalia. So it was like um, the pool table that was supposed to be like the pool table of Van Gogh's painting and then there was oh, these costumes okay. i didn't try on the yeah costumes. that was the other thing they're like you can put these on if you want to and i was like <laughs> nah. no one wants to i don't know it i mean maybe that was i maybe it was i mean I, that's a th- i guess i've seen so many undergrads and grads and stuff do shows and things like that where it's like oh put this thing on I your just, world has been changed <laughs> and i just don't give a fuck no i just feel like it's boiling your abstract art now get it no <laughs> <laughs> i just feel like it's boiling down to the essential 
problem that I had with this show, and I'm worrying that we're getting to the problem too soon, but maybe not not no, a moment too soon, which is that it's a, like a very extremely contrived interaction and situation. It's a that formalized was, interaction. Yeah, that was not at all uh, disassociating or disruptive of the museum going experience. I thought the shoe taking your shoes well, off. Well, taking and your shoes the off sand. was, but it was ex- was heavily institutionalized, like extremely. And in what way? Well, there were like, there were a like lot a, of uh, antidepressants in the sand. So no, no, like it's a big corporate exhibition, probably sponsored by by I don't know J.P. Morgan by Chase Big or Sand. <laughs> Big this sand. aggregate company. That's like how that uh, the Kara Walker um, Sphinx sculpture yeah, was. Yeah, brought to you sponsor- by fucking Domino Sugar. It was. It was brought to you by Big Sand. It's big white sand. Oh, it was regular sand. It wasn't like coral sand. It wasn't like the white sands hotel. No, I'm saying that. Cables. No, I'm talking about the sugar. Oh. The sugar is like big sand. Oh. But it no, was, it was actually sponsored by Domino Sugar. Yeah, so you don't need... It was... Why are you talking about sand? It was sugar. I'm using it as a metaphor. Oh. Okay. I just thought... It's not a metaphor. It was literally sponsored by sugar. Where's the... (laughs) No, I'm making a a comparison of sugar to sand. Oh, I see. And also, I just thought of something... Are you critiquing this at a granular level? (laughs) You just thought of something. Did you see the snowman? No. (sighs) I only looked at the Oitisica. I know. Snowman. I've got to go back. Okay, so on the roof, on the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. It's on ice. It's on cold. <laughs> yeah. We don't need no water. We have ice from the snowman. Because that will put out fires. A snowman in a box in a refrigerator um, by Fishley Vice. Um, and I went to go see Peter Fishley give a talk about it, and it was so great. He called the snowman he. He'd be like, he's sometimes skinny and sometimes he is he is a little fat. Well yeah, it's not Schnee Machen. <laughs> well he was he did say the Schnee. The Schnee. I mean the snow. And when he would say ya, yeah, like literally instead of Yeah, saying, okay, so we put a snowman in the refrigerator, <laughs> he stays cold, it's like okay now. <laughs> That's literally what it was like. That was actually was like his voice sounded like Giorgio. Like Giovanni Giorgio. He was like, and in the 70s, and in the, in the 80s, in, there was already discotheques. <laughs> <laughs> so and I there put a little snowman, cake. There was Schneeman in the discotheques, and he has like a little backpack. <laughs> he said he's like, it's sort of, on the fridge, it looks like a little backpack. And um, it was so great. It was like amazing, but anyway, the snowman. He's like inside is a skinny snowman. It's made out of copper, and then they spray basically water vapor at it in the freezer, and then it sticks to him, and then makes him like a big snowman. Um, <laughs> and back, back. it takes four days for him to be fully fat. Fat. He's very fat snowman. Um, and that is how they also made that Kara Walker sugar sculpture. They had uh, blocks of foam, and then they like sprayed sugar at it to coat the What's outside. What's that a metaphor for? I just I just thought about them because they're both big white sculptures that were sort of made the same way. Obviously, this one's not that big. I mean, it's like 
human-sized snowman. I have the information about uh, the sponsors for the uh, Helio Oatisica. Oh, okay, cool. I was going to look that up. What do what, what you got? All right. Uh, Fact checker. Sponsors. Fact checker. At the Art Institute of Chicago, lead funding is generously provided by the Diane and Bruce Halley Foundation. Major support is provided by Karen King-Harris, the Harris Family Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Maureen and Edward Byron Smith Jr. Family Fa- uh, Endowment Fund, the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, and Sarah Zold. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts. Wow, so that's Ooh. like a totally non-corporately yeah. funded exhibition. That's actually kind of impressive. It will also go to uh, the Carnegie, right? And then uh, the Whitney. So no one's going to talk about this exhibition until it's in New York. And then they will act like, oh, we're so lucky to have gotten this this important exhibition. But you know what? The parrots won't be the same. You're right. Because the parrots are locally sourced. They are. From a parrot club. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with all this talk of sugar, we're, I'm going to try to bring this back to Oitisica or Oitisica. <laughs> Vision, dreams of passion And all the while I think of you A very strange reaction the more I see, the more I do. Something like a phenomenon. Baby. Ticket to ride, white line highway. Tell all your friends they can go my way. Pay your toll, sell your soul. Pound for pound costs more than gold. The longer you stay, the more you pay. My white lines go a long way, either up your nose or through your vein. With nothing to gain except killing your brain. Yeah, this, this song. Oh, she said. So this song's about uh, the booger sugar, um, which is a. I finally got it. I'm like, why are you playing this? What is happening? So, um. Free base. <laughs> so uh, this was a, another kind of problem I had with the exhibition. They spend a lot of time on uh, Helios co- Coke problem. <laughs> um, More or less time than the Bowie exhibition did. Yeah. Well, well, the thing I think I think I'm trying to get like a good level. How's that? Good. Yeah. Um, so they had this work on paper exhibition that was excellent. It had a Ligia Clark piece, who was also a member of the the constructivist group from Brazil, uh, and a lot of contemporaries that were working on paper and printmaking. And then they had a section of uh, Oitisica. Now I mean, you got me saying it wrong. Sorry. Oitisica's. Um, early gouache on cardboard mm-hmm. abstractions that were just they were actually 
the most beautiful thing in the whole the blue oh my god this like deep ultramarine blue was amazing i didn't see them holy crap that's like the best you've got till tomorrow i will i no fuck uh, I know I walked through them. <laughs> I mean, I didn't look at the art, but I did walk inside of that gallery. They were amazing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, why wasn't this just incorporating the exhibition? Because then they gave so much time also to stuff that wasn't finished, where they're like, oh, this is a slideshow and you didn't actually finish it. <laughs> or they're like, this is a, there was a movie called uh, One Night on Gay Street that was basically, it felt like a student movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a film noir, a friend of his made, and then he's in it as a guy trying to buy drugs with no money, and then he gets stabbed. Jesus. <laughs> and it also, I mean, it really underscored how hard art used to be to make, because it's analog. It's an analog film, so it was like projected on a you know film projector. Um, but the whole thing was out of focus, and it's one of those where you can't tell maybe the the cinematographer shot it out of focus. But then it had all these intertitles because it was silent film because it'd be too expensive to do sound. But oh then you still God. had to have like optically printed these texts <laughs> for what's going on. And it's just like, shit, people don't realize how hard. Like, <laughs> how easy they have it now, and that's why... <laughs> That's why you should do a better I know, it's job like any producing your stuff. Could make a better movie than that. Yeah, but they spent all this time on it. But it was also like they gave it a huge gallery for this thing that's like not really even his work. Hmm. Um, but yeah, basically he went to New York and became a gay cokehead. <laughs> well, I mean, I assume that was his orientation always. <laughs> but they just had all these videos or all these film projections yeah, or slideshows of like coke and scantily clad boys which that's fine well, that's what your art's about but it seems no, well, weird I, that okay, they were these, okay, wait, wait. that there were all these incomplete pieces that they gave all this space to and they're like well it wasn't completed during his life but they're like he never showed it when he was alive and then you're like why the fuck are you putting it in a show now well wait wait i because there was that um a slideshow of like sexy boys yeah being all hot and just with like the radio around. Yeah, I loved that piece. No, that was, that was my a really good piece. piece. That was my favorite piece in the exhibition, hands down. Because it had... It didn't have anything contrived about it. I felt like it was very... It actually sort of transported you into the experience mm-hmm. of that time in in a really genuine way. So yeah. it, was just, it was just sort of like these portraits. I guess he had two sexy-looking models come over to his place and they just did a photo shoot on the bed and it wasn't explicit really it was just like suggestive suggestive and and i and he's in it too yeah there's multiple people more than just two there's yeah it's like 45 minutes oh i didn't i watched it for 45 minutes i watched it for like i watched it for probably 10 or 15 minutes which is significant if you're walking through a gallery and doing other stuff um and then just a radio playing, but not just a radio playing, but like right. everything, like all the station. ads yeah, and all the commentary and all the DJ banter. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me now of when I listen to stupid radio stuff and well, what very, that as a backdrop to an era. Yeah, it was very much like a slice of a moment and or, you know, a, like a time capsule or something. But it really felt like you were there in that experience, that feeling mm-hmm. of what it would have been like to be there. Mm-hmm. In a way that you didn't, even though you were being asked to participate in the other parts. You know, they yeah. were trying to create, have this created experience for you. Yeah. And and it just didn't, I didn't feel that. Yeah. No, I thought that was a good piece. Um, 
but then right next to it, they had this one that was, it was like a poem. Oh wait, no, I'm thinking, I'm getting titles mixed, but it was, it was based on a friend's poem. They're like, it had never, he didn't actually finish it. And it's just like literally like a slideshow of like how awesome Coke is. <laughs> like <laughs> there's like photos of it as rocks in a bag. And then, and then him ho- like hands holding it at different angles. And then, <laughs> then it's pulverized and then it's laid out. And then the, like in the text, they're like, he was super, it was just, <laughs> I think I actually took a picture because the wording they used is pretty great. Um, I know. Well, I was looking. But then he did that cocaine room that was just a fucking waste of time and space where it was like the foam ground that was oh, bouncy. No, I loved that. Cause I, okay. When I first walked in there, you had to take your shoes off again. And this was a dark space. This is more what I was expecting. You know, it was like a video projection, four channel projection all around. And like the whole floor was made out of foam and I just took my shoes off and I walked in and I leaped across. I mean, you really could like have a running start and then just like be jumping, like leaping and jumping. And it was basically like an artsy bouncy castle. And and I was like loving it. But then all these other people came in and they just like sat politely on the floor. And I was like, what? And then I had to sit politely because I thought it would be rude to be bouncing around in front of the video while they were watching it. But that's, uh, but they were called, he did this with some filmmaker, a whole series of them. They were called Cosmococas and they were like a cosmic cocaine environment. So that's fun to jump around on the phone, but it's, it's this projection of just this Rolling Stones album cover or an ad in a magazine for a Rolling Stones album called Goat's Head Soup. And they retitled it Coke Head Soup. And they've just uh, smeared cocaine on the person's face. So it's like a beard. And then it's just like an endless stream of photographs of that. And um, there's actually a bunch of different works where they've made little drawings. That was also like, why weren't those in it? But like, there's kind of a famous one of Jimi Hendrix where it's, I think the album's War Heroes. And they've done these like kind of um, flourishy graphic drawings with the cocaine, like in defined lines and like making his eyes like cat-like and there's a little filigree mm. and it looks kind of like a carnival mask or something, but this, and they were just playing a Rolling Stone song and then they're like, Oh, but it had, uh, you know, they were doing some like John Cage type typewriter shit on top of it. And I was like, this is totally coke header. Like where they're like, no, no, this is brilliant. <laughs> okay. So like, uh, so this is the, the text for the slideshow I was talking about. Um, I'm definitely not going to pronounce this correctly. Topazan Floor, dedicated to Geraldo de Campos, March 20th, 1975. Slide series, unfinished. Like 1970s threes, Cosmococos, this series of photographs celebrates cocaine, which had become a near obsessive concern for the artist at the time. Yeah, no fucking way. <laughs> um, well, the series seems complete. It is, in fact, unfinished. These atmospheric photographs presented here as a slide series. Oitisika's preferred presentation format in that moment. So it was a slideshow. Uh, they combined cocaine with the artist's favored literary and pop culture references. Um, <laughs> Which probably were already combined with cocaine. To be yeah, honest. so it's just... That's something that didn't age well. Weird. Where it was we just like, I got access to drugs and I'm re- eating Arthur Rambeau. <laughs> like, <laughs> just also like, where do we be good guy, good kid artists? Like, not cool in the cocaine scene. We don't know how LSD is going to change our art because we're never going to do it because we like our brains too much. Wait, that's what you're saying? Yeah. 
That, no, that's not my my point. Is no, but we are we are moralistic dweebs. I don't think Eric really likes his own brain very much. <laughs> hey, actually, you know what I was just thinking? I'm like laying down on this couch in literally the least flattering position ever for my body. Of like, like blah, blah. we can hear it. But that's I was just like, no, I was just like, I am laying down and I look crazy, but. It doesn't matter because all that matters right now is what is going on in my brain. <laughs> um, in, I don't. I, I don't think it's audio thing, and you just care what I think about. You guys don't care what my belly looks oh, like. Oh yeah, this is so freeing. Good. Not you guys. You guys. You not you guys. You guys. There's also a dog wedged behind your ass. <laughs> yeah, I know. He loves how squishy it is. I. There has been plenty of great drug addled art or as bill you know as bill hicks says like you know drugs have done some good things if if you're against drugs go home and take all your records and your cds and tapes and burn them because all the music that's enhanced your life throughout the years was made by people that real fucking high on drugs (laughs) i agree with that i to me it actually seems like a prudish dweeby art student that like gets access to drugs for the first time and then they're like uh first first photo class show or their video shows like well i made a slideshow and it's like i got cocaine and then they're like i put all these texts that are really important to me and then it's just like catcher in the rye and like <laughs> you know and they're like this Jimi hendrix album is super important and that to me that doesn't age well or that falls flat in comparison to the other works in the show mm-hmm. no i think that's very fair um, um do you have a did you take a lot of pictures of the wall text do you have the one from eden no, I just really liked the part where it said only 20 people are allowed in Eden at one time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you have the picture of that? No, I just um, memorized it. I have a picture but... of the parrot text, though, if you want to learn about the parrots. This is called About the Parrots. I'll read the first paragraph. You can read the second because I know you wanted to read out loud today. Regarding the parrots. Inha- inhabiting Tropicalia. So I was right. Um, are an Amazon parrot named Danae and a son Kanur. Kanur? Named... I'm not going to fight you on that one. I don't know. I don't know. Danae and a son Kanur named Sona. Amazon parrots are native to Central and South America and the Caribbean. And their remarkable ability to mimic human speech, as that teenager suspected, <laughs> makes them popular as pets. Ah, ironic. Considering... That was his reason for not having it. <laughs> uh, medium-sized and brightly colored sun canoers, canoers, canoers are native to northeastern, eastern South America. Uh, uh. Okay. Start with the birds. The birds are on loan from the Greater Chicago Cage Bird Club whose mission is to improve the methods of breeding caged birds and to encourage higher standards of care. Danae and Sona will be returned to their caretakers following the three-month run of this exhibition. While in residence at the Art Institute... (laughs) These fucking parrots got a residency and I can't. No, we can't. Okay. (laughs) The parrots are being cared for by museum staff who have received training from the Caged Bird Club employees. The birds are provided with fresh food, pellets, fruits, and vegetables, and water daily. The display measures 60 by 60 by 7 feet. 
For more information about the parrots and their care while here at the museum, please ask a gallery ambassador in a yellow shirt. And, okay, I know some stuff about the parrots because I have a source, an undisclosed source, who worked intimately with the parrots. Not that intimately. (laughs) That came out way wrong. One of the parrots' lovers. (laughs) But the parrots are, um, they're a pair. They live together when they're not at the museum. (laughs) Which is good because I guess that those kinds of species of parrots can really, like, hate each other and get into fights if they're, like, put in with people they don't know. People, birds they don't know. But these ones, they're buddies. They live together all the time. And I also know that the cage, people, you know, they were worried that people would be like, this is inhumane. How dare you? So they took a picture of like every single person in the contemporary art staff inside the cage. The cage can fit like nine humans and it's just two tiny birds inside. It's pretty cute. But then they're being they're being uh, set free. Is that what we? Heard? <laughs> I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? If they were quote set free unquote here in Chicago, they would just like freeze to death. That's terrible. No, they're gonna go home. But I think they'll probably go home to a smaller cage. To be honest. Hmm. I'm trying to find a pronunciation guide, but the dictionary did not have how to say canoe. Well, so the reason I wanted to know about the Eden text was because um, there was a line in there that I just thought was like very ironic and interesting, which was like that he was upset kind of with everything, with all gallery shows and even with Tropicalia as a as a music movement, because he thought it could be, quote, too easily decontextualized and manipulated for political gain Mm. or or. Just like, I, I mean, I'm editorializing maybe, but like capitalist game. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of painful for me to see this exhibition or or to see maybe that section of it because it felt very decontextualized. I mean, even like mm. you said, all the things that you were like, well, you were supposed to touch this, but now you can't because it's from 1961 yeah. and it's going to fall apart. Like uh, it, it, that was sort of like well then what is even the point you know what yeah. i'm saying like why don't you just have us read a book about his art you know yeah. it's like well by the by the end because seeing all these like sort of fragments and um the whole i mean i think it was i think it's interesting that i mean i guess because he made a big deal about being into coke but i thought it was kind of interesting that they were like um they didn't hi- they didn't shy away from that and they also didn't shy away from his sexuality. So I thought that was good. Yeah. Um, they did say that he, he talked about like cocaine as, as being like a symbol of South America. And he was kind of into it as being this thing that predated colonialism. Um, but I just feel like in the seventies trying to turn, trying to make Coke into any sort of colonialism. Yeah. Just to like, dubious. it's like, yeah, but you are doing a ton of blow in New York in the seventies. So it, makes makes a socialist argument a little difficult um i think he might have died of that because Mm. he died at the age of 43 of a stroke um Mm. so i'm wondering if it was you know drug related um so the ending was just kind of a downer to the show and then that's when i saw the works on paper on the way out and i was like totally reinvigorated i was turned around excited and i also liked the idea i kind of liked the way the participatory art had you 
engage in it, but it was like sort of still formal and tied to constructivism or minimalism. It made me think, uh, particularly the the filter for Vergara. That made me think a lot of Liam Gillick's work, where it's these kind of beautiful pavilions with colored plexiglass and stuff. Well, yeah. What did you think about that last? So before we end, we should definitely talk about that last piece, though. Like kind of color colored. Like the transparencies, transparencies that you walked and and orange juice. Oh, I love that. Pavilion. That was amazing. I have the orange the, juice was uh, really good. The pronunciation guide for the artist's name. Okay, from where? It is uh, uh, Haley Oyster Cat. <laughs> what the hell? Haley Oyster <laughs> Shut Cat. Up, go away. <laughs> okay. I do, wait, let's see how to say canure because I found that canure. <laughs> I that is Conure. Why are there so many things? Conure. Conure. Okay. There's it's this is all in Conure. Okay, stop it. <laughs> what what's his name again? Hector Oyt- Oyster Cat? Haley. Oyster cat. Is that what your autocorrect thought it was? I think we need to make one of those Slavlov Zizak's uh, videos for for Haley Oyster Cat. Um, I I love that piece. This is uh, how to pronounce Watisia from uh, YouTube. Pronounce names dot com. Oichisika. 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 Helio Oichisika. I thought it was just going to be like... have the correct pronunciation of your name? <laughs> you can't trust them! <laughs> they just said the correct pronunciation. Okay. All right. You literally cannot trust them. Stop distracting us. We need to talk about this last art piece. Because then I got to go. Yeah. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. Well, what I thought was really... I. Like I really liked that there was liter- there was radio playing, but some of it was just like whatever bullshit radio I listen to now. You know what I mean? It was like just pop like, music, yeah, yeah, just pop music, which is what I mean. I think okay, it's simultaneously like when I was talking about that photograph, the with the um the sexy photographs with the seventies radio playing over them. On the one hand, there's such heavy nostalgia with that that you're like, oh, it's so beautiful, it's so moody, mm-hmm. so seventies. You know what I mean? But at the same time. I guess the reason why I liked that piece was because it was juxtaposed with this piece where it was just whatever dumb radio ads for car insurance are on the radio right now. And it was supposed to be the corollary to that, but from the 70s. So I felt really transported because I knew that it was equally as banal, that it didn't it didn't rely on its just its nostalgia because mm-hmm. it was being juxtaposed with, with this now. is the equivalent of what he was listening yeah. to yeah and they had the little tv and you kind of that was perched in this way that you couldn't really see it but it was above you and when i saw it it was jeopardy was on <laughs> well there was also inside of eden there was one of those um there was a pavilion that had a little tv and that it was and, tropicalia okay in tropicalia there was but that a, was good too yeah there was a little tiny room a dark super room tight a dark room that you had to go around a bunch of corners to get to exactly what i was hoping for it was a, really with narrow a really old-fashioned tv in it 
that was just playing static and then you could turn the dial and it would play real TV. I don't know how they got this old TV to play TV, but it was like a blurry black and white version of like, of like, uh, you know, Ellen or like, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, family feud with um, what's his face, you know, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey. Thank you. So it was like current. Yeah, it'd have been weird if it was like uh, Louis Anderson. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like current. How did they get this old brick broadcast? <laughs> it was like it wasn't a video. I mean, yeah. it's possible it was a video. I no, don't it was, know. It was live. I think it was live television. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, but, that... uh, but but it was like you know an old fashioned sixties TV, but it was mm-hmm. showing live syndicated television from today, and I really liked that a lot. Yeah, the uh, well the, in the. The filter piece, so you'd go in these colored areas, colorful, screened-off areas, and they would change as you go through them. But then they had ones that were completely blacked out. They had like acetate, like yeah. Um, But then there were ones that were completely blacked out. And when I went in, the radio was playing again. Another amazing place to make out, probably one could assume. Yeah, because there's like only one person like a minute behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, only. That's what Um, makes it so sexy is that it's like you got to be like, and then run away because, you know, you never know when the next person's going to walk into the room. Yeah. I mean, I was going to talk about how I like the way it went from bright color to like being isolated in darkness. But yeah, it's make out. (laughs) So, so the first, so you're going, you know, and you go through these hanging down uh, sort of clear vinyl plastic uh, colorful filters and the environment changes and then you also realize that when you step through it the color is kind of normal because it's really the filter that you're about to go through that you think is changing the whole space uh, but then you're in this dark space and the radio was playing this thing about how uh, the there's this massive project to uh digitize all these paper files but they're not going to be searchable and the way i walked in it turned out that's the atf the echo echo hack attack and firearm division and Mm. it was about that they're they're the most politically embattled of all the government agencies and particularly in the 80s there was all this lobbying saying that you should not have any record of anyone that owns a gun in america because that's you know, it was the, NRA. the king of England can come in and take your gun. Yeah. So the NRA really pushed for that. But they were saying like how it impedes uh, crime fighting and things like that. And it just seemed like so insane that they were like comparing. And I was like, fucking, of course, I'm like, they're going to say Nazis. And they're like, yeah, it's like Nazis keeping records of people. And and it was just really. But it was all it was. So it definitely inserted the political quite pointedly into the installation the way, he, you know, that was talked about as they probably as his, would have intended as yeah as uh as he wanted um but also because it went from you know bright blue bright orange yellow and then no light whatsoever and it's this and then um you pass out and there's the tv and then you pass into another dark space and it was playing like pop music and it was like a pharrell <laughs> song or something you don't literally pass out oh, that i was... mean you pass through the space <laughs> yeah i was gonna say uh-oh you exit so you, what, you go to the blackout curtains then you black out yeah then... <laughs> you exit you pass through another you know hanging barrier out of that space into another and then and then there's another darkened space and then it's like you know, pop music, and I can't remember who it was. It was like Pharrell yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, there's a series of scrims again, like now like if the Malaria. Talking bodies, you got a perfect one, so put it on me. 
<laughs> yes. Bad, you know. Yeah, thank you for pop. you really put us there. Um, and then I liked at the end though it had a series of it had a series of screams like you had to like kind of it was that's what they're fucking called so but so I'm I'm trying to differentiate that the material was different than clear vinyl or whatever right yeah it's gauzy it was gauzy and you and and they were usually it would be you go through one and then it's a segment of tunnel that's in a different color and there's like kind of tinted fluorescent lights but this was just like every three feet and you're just like pushing your way through it and it's like an easy barrier but it really underscores like forcing your way through something and then there's a a little orange machine you know the kind where it's like circulating it so like Like in a hotel yeah or like at a like a not a deli but you know like a place where you get euros or hot dogs where they've Mm -hmm. got the the case and it's just like constantly circulating and squirting it down the sides orange juice orange juice um, and, and the orange juice was really cup, good. And you could drink it. It's yeah. Tropicana for the yeah. Tropicalia. <laughs> and then this this kid that was behind me was like, is this part of the art? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I went through another time. And then he was like, I didn't know if this was like just there, if it was like for the employees. And then he was going on. And I like, I can't even remember what his logic was because it did. I mean, it was completely insane, but it at least had a beginning, middle and end to like how his line of thinking of why you would find an orange machine in an installation and it's not part of the art where he was like, he's like, I didn't know if it was just left there or like, was I even supposed to be here? <laughs> it was like, and I was like, no, drink it. It's good. And he's like, Is it? And I'm like, no, no, it's not like a mix. It's like orange juice. Yeah. I, I like, can't there's no remember. Pulp, though. I wish I could have written it down. Cause there's like so many thousands of gallons of orange juice that they had to have for the full run of the exhibition. And I thought that was really fascinating. And but the, so I guess the metaphor of the orange juice was that you could be like you're surrounded by these colorful rooms and then you could like literally consume color. Into yeah. Your body. Yeah. You can drink orange because it's also like a, a fruit that's the name of the color. So, yeah, <laughs> I love that. I'm like, you're drinking orange. It tastes orange. <laughs> it does taste I'm orange. thinking of something orange. Something orange. <laughs> like I spy orange? with my little eyes. Do you give up? Orange. Is it orange? Yes, um, I'm getting some some audio drops for us. Good, because I think that this is the perfect place to stop. So, so it was a fraught exhibition with a lot of interesting experiences and good makeout spots. That's our official review. Yeah, so go there and fuck. <laughs> is that the Kipper fuck Kids? Is that? It's the Kipper Kids. Yeah. George, you've got to do something every minute that Stanley's not on the air. We're losing money. Yeah. Listen, just stall as long as you can. I'm sure I'll turn up. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking of something orange. Something orange. Orange. You give up? It's an orange. Get it? (laughs) It's fun, huh? Okay. Now I'm thinking of something blue. Something blue. Let me kill him. Please, let me kill him. What is that? That's UHF, which is also the technology that they uh, use to get the uh, video signal onto that old-fashioned TV. Yeah. Ultra high frequency. Yeah. I knew it. What? It's a it's a Weird Al film. 
Yeah, I was like, is that Weird Al? Yes. Yes. All right, so you want to pick a good Weird Al song to play us out? My, uh, uh, um, dare to be stupid. We dare to be stupid all the time. <laughs> Here we go. I was thinking of this one. <laughs> She's like pink. She could never. She always has to have at least a little bit of her hair orange. Wait, we didn't do her plug stuff. Uh, yeah, do your plug. Um, I. So this has been. I don't hate this. Thank you for listening. You can find us online on our website. I don't hate th is. I don't hate is. Um, or on SoundCloud or anywhere on this social medias at I don't hate this. What's our Instagram? Our Instagram is at I don't hate this. What's our Twitter? Our Twitter is at I don't hate this. Uh, I guess we shouldn't tell people to email us because we haven't checked the emails. Oh, I have. Uh, you can email us at I don't hate this at gmail.com for any, you know, feedback, suggestions, fan mail, fan art. If you want to start a deviant art about us. Pod? No, it's I don't hate this at gmail.com. So what was I don't hate this pod? Is that the name? That of was it? our Tumblr. Uh, that is no longer. That is, well, it's now. Now it's, is our website. Redirects to our uh, I don't hate this. Um, plugs. I won an award. Oh yeah. The uh, Ostrovsky uh, Faculty Award for Excellence in the Humanities. Woo! For my essay. You're uh, so excellent. Thank you. Be excellent to one another. <laughs> um, for an essay I wrote that I'm going to put online. Now I'm, you're looking at Andre's looking at me like my face is too far away. Is it okay? How's my face? All right. Your Thumbs face up. is excellent. <laughs> so I'll put that essay up. It's it's talking about cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, um, and as how that looks at cognition and ways uh how that ties into like conceptual art and also conceptualizing art mm, um i want to hear i want to read that it's good uh and it's it, uh, all like what i'm about and i it, have a uh, minor in psychology did you know that oh dude you're gonna love it um it talks about the artist bill conger's work because uh, it was an essay for his exhibition also called to open windows mm-hmm. like to delirium organize, tremens or whatever this was to, called <laughs> to organize delirium um and then it also ties in german romanticism like casper david friedrich so thanks um, for listening and we'll be with you next time yeah and remember 